Whoa, he actually went there. And not just he, but a respected Hall of Famer who has been a guest with us frequently here on the Fast Lane, David Teal of Richmond.com. So I'll give everyone a pass who may not have noticed last night. Who was on the call for that UVA blowout victory against Texas Southern? Because, of course, you had it on mute so you could listen to Cincinnati at Baltimore and Thursday Night Football on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, your home for college football, a doubleheader starting Saturday at 1.30 p.m. for Virginia Tech. Well, NC State at Virginia Tech, followed by Florida at Mizzou. We'll speak with the analyst for the Florida-Mizzou game, Chad Brown, two-time All-Pro, around 5.40 today. But anyway, you may not have listened to that, and understandably so. But it would be the second time in three games that Corey Alexander's been on the call. Now, he is a touchy subject, should you say, for a number of Virginia fans. And <laughs> I'll go there as well in the spirit of David Teal doing it. So it, it, it kind of chaps you know, some folks that I know. Uh, it, it chaps their whatever, your backside. Nips. Nips, thank you. Grinds their gears. That they're like, how in the world is it that you've had Jay Billis on multiple times, but yet you can't get Corey Alexander on? And look, hey, to each his or her own, I, I, Corey's been great in the sense that he's hooked us up with a, a, other alternatives at times, so I'm grateful for that. But there's the theory out there that Corey likes to interject himself into certain situations. And again, I can't fully speak to that, but that's the impression more notably after... Not this past game, Texas Southern. Not the game Monday night against A&T, Aggie Pride, North Carolina A&T. Uh, but the game last Friday night against Florida. Because at the later part of that game, ball went out of bounds. Last touch clearly by a Virginia player, but Corey Alexander basically volunteering the monitor to the officials so that they could review the Not call. Not just any official. Your guy, right, Trey? It was. To, I believe it was TV Teddy. Your guy, TV Teddy. I don't know. I don't know if I would describe uh, him as that, but yes. Uh, you know, hey, I, I, I don't. I, I don't keep up with officials as much as Virginia fans do because a lot of them are not fans of another official, Jamie Lucky. Um, but anyway, back to the point at hand. So Corey Alexander got in trouble with Tony Bennett for that, and Tony Bennett was frustrated at Corey Alexander, basically saying. Do your job, meaning Corey's job is not to interject himself into the game by volunteering the replay officials a chance to look at the replay uh, thanks to TV monitors. But it, it, then again, it is what it is. UVA still ends up winning the game. So it's percolated for a while. MikeBarberRichmond.com is the one who had the interview with Corey Alexander uh, and Corey getting his side of the account. It's worth checking that out so you are well-versed on all sides. But then... Whoa! The whoa moment came from David Teal, who is as respected as it gets. And he doesn't generally wade into any type of controversy unless he seriously has his sources backed up. And it's as clear as day what he said at the back half of the Teal and Barber podcast this past week about Corey Alexander, notably that apparently Corey Alexander has beef with Tony Bennett in particular and UVA. Let's take this to another layer, Mike. This is personal with Corey Alexander and Tony Bennett. Corey Alexander has wanted to be on the Virginia staff for a long time, and he has not been hired. And that 
that's a part of this that no you know that people talk about but they <laughs> but they don't really say out loud but it is and there is tension between the two of them there is tension because Corey Alexander has wanted to be on the Virginia staff and he's never been hired can't imagine that this these type of antics are doing anything to help his cause but hey people have their own ways of trying to go about getting uh themselves ingratiated and again for the record we've reached out multiple times over multiple years to Corey Alexander about doing interviews since he broadcast games and we've gone through other channels and uh, it's just never been reciprocated and you know Corey's been professional and helping us with others but uh the reality also is is that he's never jumped on board with that to I guess potentially present himself in a sellable case and in a sellable way for Tony Bennett or for anybody that might want to hire him on staff. So um, it, that that is where I can certainly see a level of tension. But more than anything, I was shocked that David Teal actually went there by mentioning that Corey Alexander has wanted to be on staff. Saying Virginia. the quiet thing out loud? Yeah. I mean, saying not only the quiet thing out loud, but being willing to go there and explain the real rift of it being personal between Corey Alexander and Tony Bennett. Um, and again, if anyone else said it, you might roll your eyes at it. But, I mean, there there is... There are not very many more respected media members, particularly who cover teams in the Commonwealth of Virginia, than David Teal. And when it comes out of his mouth, and he put it to the record on the Teal and Barber podcast, Trey, I think it's about as clear as day that that's the case. And uh, it does give a new context to Virginia fans who have been upset that they believe Corey Alexander is too critical. Uh, Maybe it quiets non-Virginia fans who think he's been too praiseworthy of UVA under the Tony Bennett era, but I can't imagine that what transpired last Friday against Florida would be different. And I'm not shocked that he's on more Virginia games because particularly not primary matchups, if nothing else, it might motivate people to tune in to see how that relationship is going to go. And maybe it slightly boosts the numbers that wouldn't be high anyway for a matchup like Texas Southern against Virginia, where Corey Alexander was on the call last night. But it is certainly a fascinating development. To the action itself, We will get now into that as we get into the weeds. Let's get into the weed. (coughs) Smoke weed every day. Excuse me. Let's get into the weeds where we take a dive into different sports topics here on the Fast Lane. So rather than looking at Virginia's rent-a-victim games, uh, the last two games, look at what they've done against Florida is kind of the ultimate barometer. Because the offense hasn't been spectacular. Only Ryan Dunn was in double figures last night. Um, and it took him a while to get going against Texas Southern. Seven all, uh, you know, midway through the first half before Virginia started to find their groove and really lock down defensively. But that's the type of game where you can try to figure things out. If anything, having hard practices and then playing a team like Florida early in the year, that is where you can gain a lot of value. Reese Beekman, in particular, was up front about that a couple of weeks ago that Virginia needed a game like that. Yeah, it's great. You know, just to be in those positions with a new team, I feel like that's going to take us a long way. You know, um, you got to go through things. Even if we lost, it still would have been a good opportunity just, um, just to learn from that and be in those positions. So just um, later down the road, we'll, you know, be a little more comfortable. But I'm glad that we stick with it today and came out with the win. That's Reese Beekman. And the reason we're playing a clip from a couple of weeks ago is Virginia, or a couple of days of games ago, last Friday against Florida, is because the last two games for Virginia have only told us so much with dominating victories over North Carolina A&T on Monday and then Texas Southern last night. Uh, but Virginia has needed games like that. They will get more of them. Texas A&M on the schedule and the ACC-SEC Challenge coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, and they've got a couple of other tests that get them ready for ACC play 
which will begin, I guess, technically in December, but more in earnest when the month of January comes. And then Corey's guy, Tony Bennett, after the game, not addressing that situation directly, but more the fact that the value of playing teams like Florida gives you a much greater idea of where you really are as a program compared to what we have called, and borrowing the phrasing from JerryRackliff.com founder Jerry Hootie Rackliff, rent-a-victim games. Uh, what it means to, um, you know, have genuine passion, and you can't fake it in games like this. A lot of mistakes were made by us, and I'm sure Florida feels the same, but it was a game where uh, it wasn't a, an excuse-me game. And at times, you know, when we, we did play excuse-me basketball, um, we kind of got crushed, whether it was on the glass or there at the rim or we were not alert early on to the protecting the paint. And then when, um, you know, I think we, like, reset it well when, when Blake came in and Dante gave us a great lift and then, you know, Jake got going, you know, with shooting, you just, you had to step in there and make some plays, but really um, kind of last man standing and outlast. And again, it's easier to sit there if you're not impressed with what Virginia they've done in the last couple of games and listen to Tony Bennett from a week ago against Florida in the clip we said there, uh, that you've got that in your back pocket, having outlasted somebody in a tougher game to open the season, uh, second game of the year, I guess, technically, for UVA. But those are the type of games where you can learn a lot more about a given team than in the early season games, which do have their variance to a certain degree. Speaking of early season games, by the way, give Liberty a lot of credit last night. That dominant performance in the second half to separate themselves from Furman, which was an NCAA tournament team last year, Again, I don't know if it'll elevate Liberty come Selection Sunday, but uh, if you have victories against teams like Furman, which may punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament, Liberty's got Wichita State this evening, and if they get a win, they'll get Vermont after that, which has been a perennial dominant team in the America East. I mean, those are chances, again, for Liberty to pad their resume, and it may give Conference USA a chance for a second team to get in if Liberty were to get an at-large bid berth if they do not win the A-Sun Tournament Championship in a conference that's at most a two-bid league. So Liberty last night, that was a really impressive performance, particularly in the second half defensively, weathering some charges for Furman, and then having the diversity of scoring options, which is a phrase we've mentioned a lot, but takes on heightened significance when you do not have Darius McGee. Shifting from basketball now to football, it's time for our Votes of Confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good. It makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. So we'll kick things off as we often do with our college football doubleheader this time on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app starting at 1.30 p.m. The North Carolina State's Wolfpack. It does... Stupid printer added Z's to a bunch of things. It's not my fault. I love how you're just deflecting responsibility, nope. Trey. Because, uh, look, I can show you the form right here. Do you see a Z on it? Uh, No, I actually don't. Okay, so there we go. I keep my receipts. Yes, I guess you do, Trey, channeling our guy, Coach Prime. I got receipts. At least uh, you showed us a moment ago. So, anyway, NC State at Virginia Tech. Hokies a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 42-and-a-half is the over-under. Trey? Uh, yeah, I'm taking the better offense, so give me Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah, they shockingly say, I can't believe I'm saying that, but Tech has a better offense than NC State. I would argue the defenses are a little bit of a wash. They're both pretty good, so I'll go under 42.5. I think the best unit's NC State's defense, actually. Peyton Wilson's been fantastic at linebacker. They've held a lot of high-scoring offenses in check. So I think NC State, as a result, can cover the 2.5. Again, I'd wait to see if it gets to 3, if you're in a spot where that's an option. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge to our friends listening on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app or Fast Lane, Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's why I'm going over 42 and a half. Virginia Tech has found ways to score on special teams a couple of times this year. The fake punt against Wake Forest helped them generate a score in that home victory. Last week against Boston College, Tech got a touchdown out of the onside kick. Special teams have been a plus for Virginia Tech. Sometimes you need a special team score or a defensive score to get over a low total like this game when you've got two two good defenses that can keep a game low scoring. And then, of course, there's Dr. Bob, Robert and I, NC State's offensive coordinator, who may have a ridiculous trick play up his sleeve that backfires at an inopportune time. I think Tech wins, but uh, I'll go with NC State if it's three. But for the purposes of this, I've got Virginia Tech at two and a half, and I'm going over 42 and a half. Trey, game two of our doubleheader after the Hokies welcome NC State. Game two of our doubleheader, Florida getting 11 at Missouri over under a 57 and a half in a game that you'll hear from our second guest today around 540, Chad Brown, who is the former NFL All-Pro linebacker with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the call for that. Trey, what type of game will Chad Brown and company be calling for us? I think it'll be a good one. I think Florida's going to cover. Uh, I know one thing, I don't trust Florida's defense. Uh, I, Mizzou's defense hasn't been that great either. Um, so I'm going to go over 57 and a half. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this one. And because of that, like if you look at the LSU game last weekend, Florida covered all the way to the end. That was a bad beat. Hashtag shout out to Scott Van Pelt. So I'll take Florida to cover the 11 and I will take the over 57 and a half. I'm with you on both of those. Trey we will shift over to the other games of interest, including the local games, Liberty against UMass 63 and a half. Trey, you get to go first. <sighs> I don't like this number. I pick Liberty because it's, uh, you know, under 28 being the key number. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if Liberty kind of does a workmanlike kind of focus to this. They get the win, but they don't, you know, do anything extra. They don't make kind of like it felt like they were trying to make a statement last weekend against ODU. I don't think they're going to try to do it here. So give me tw- uh, and, and with senior day, it could be a slow start. So under uh, I have under 63 and a half and I lean Liberty to cover. I'm going under 63 and a half, and I'm going UMass to cover Trey. Kind of has that 40 to 13 type feel where it's clear domination from Liberty, but you do the math on that, and it's 27, and UMass barely ekes out a cover, and 40 to 13 helps keep it under the 63 and a half total, which I think Liberty is capable of because they can just flip the switch and go to the ground game, and all of a sudden, possessions become a premium, and Liberty can slow things down that way. UVA getting two and a half, or getting three and a half, excuse me, at home against Duke in the coveted CW time slot. Over under a 46. Trey, you get to go first again. Best unit on the field will be Duke's defense. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it, it seems like UVA plays good one week, doesn't play good the next week. They still lose uh, no matter what happens in those situations. So give me Duke. Uh, I don't care who they have at quarterback. They have seem to be able to battle no matter if it's Riley Leonard or the, uh, what's the guy's name? Who, Duke's backup quarterback? Yeah, the quarter- yeah, his name escapes me right now. Quarterback they played against Carolina. So Duke and I'll go under 46. I think Duke's defense is what's going to carry the day. Yeah, you know, I'm going over 46 because I think Virginia's good for wild plays offensively for themselves and the other team. Uh, I actually like Virginia to cover in this spot. Win outright, and eh, there's a nice wiggle room there for a heartbreaking loss for Virginia to come into this one. 
But they played a lot of these close games, uh, and I think at some point you want to win a home game or at least keep it close and within range to win because, of course, they technically finish at home next week, but it might as well be an away game when Virginia Tech comes to Charlottesville. JMU against Appalachian State. Over, under of 56 and a half. Trey, I'm going to jump the gun on this one for you. I'm going JMU and I'm going the over for the real simple reason that I think JMU is pissed off and they have been focused enough to be able to take it out on opposing teams and they've really been able to score very well themselves. Um, maybe App State gets a late score. That's part of the reason I'm accounting for over 56 and a half. But I think JMU wins this and wins this fairly comfortably. I'm actually taking App State to cover and the under 56 and a half. And Ooh. it's it's more of a principal play that I've learned last year. App State was in this spot where they had the game they had game day. It was a big event. You know, they they obviously came off the win against Texas AM. That's why they got game day. Um, but how did that game end? They had to have a last second Hail Mary to win that game. I think the last time JMU had game day, they actually lost outright. So it is fading. The game day, it's like the game day curse. So I'm fading JMU here. I think they win, but I'm going to go under 56 and a half because it's, it's a, a full, very full emotional day. And so I think they won't have enough energy by the time game time comes. Interesting logic for that, Trey. I'm speaking of emotions and trying to handicap them playing amateur psychologists here in the fast lane. Maryland and Michigan at Maryland. Michigan at Maryland. 19 and a half, under or over 49 and a half. I kind of tipped my hand a moment ago. I'm going Maryland to cover and under 49 and a half. I think Michigan will workman like this game to death, but it's a sandwich spot after the big victory at Penn State. They've got Ohio State on deck. Getting out of there is a goal for Michigan. I think they're more than in control in this game, but I like Maryland to at least be able to cover, and I go under 49 and a half. Michigan, in my opinion, is the best team in the country. Michigan's going to cover. I think they want to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, it's Michigan versus everybody. I'm not on the everybody side, so I'm going Michigan. I'll go under 49.5. I would not be shocked if Maryland doesn't score at all in this one. Rapid-fire games. Washington at Oregon State. Washington, a one-and-a-half-point underdog. They opened as a favorite. They are now going to close as the underdog. I don't think they opened as a fa- It might have been a pick to open. I think it was one. Under, over under 62 and a half, Trey. Uh, under 62 and a half, and I'm taking UW, so give me Washington. Uh, better quarterback, better offense. Uh, I think their big plays will be enough for them to get the outright win. These games get real wonky in Corvallis, so I'm going over 62 and a half, and I am going Oregon State, but you know my principle, Trey. For the sake of this podcast, I'm picking them at one and a half, but I would much rather just buy the extra juice and lay it on the money well, line. Well, that's not how this works, Ed. Uh, you've reminded me too many times. Clemson's seven and a half point favorite at home against North Carolina, over under 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip to Carolina and over 59 and a half. I think Clemson wins. Uh, I really think this could be a blowout, but I uh, just seven and the hook's dangerous. So give me Clem- uh, North Carolina. Give me the, I, I feel most confident about the over. Oh, you and me both about the over. This is North Carolina's defense that we're speaking of. That should say enough. It's not very reliable. Uh, and I go with North Carolina to cover as well. If nothing more than backdoor cover could be open, given that they also have Drake May. Oh, the game I've wanted so much, and you put it on the card for me, Trey. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Louisville, you're giving me one and a half. I mean, I was just going to lay the money line at, you know, 
pick them I've seen it there or even minus one and one and a half but you're giving me one and a half with Louisville I'll be glad to take it how much motivation is Miami gonna have how are they gonna score and move the ball did you not see that challenge last week against Florida State which is why I'm going Louisville and under 46 and a half Louisville can play physical grind it out game Miami I think I actually can manage that to a certain extent but you're asking me to handicap motivation Miami late season with no real high-end bowl games on the horizon or a playoff berth or an ACC championship game appearance realistically uh, let's be honest here that's the biggest handicap of all so I'm going Louisville and under 46 and a half I agree with you Louisville under 46 and a half I do not get why anyone would trust Miami in this spot to the NFL we go. The Giants against the Washington Commanders who are getting nine. Washington laying nine at home against the Giants. 37 is the point total. What was the final score of this game last time? 14-7. I know Tyrod was a quarterback for the Giants. Uh, give me the Giants. Give me the under 37. I'll mention this in later. Commanders have to play on Thursday this upcoming week. Um, I just I, I do not trust the Washington Commanders with this many points. So give me the Giants and give me the under 37. Trey, call me scarred from electing to carry the Giants against the Cowboys last week on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And I may or apologies. may not have warned you, and I may or may not have warned you about the next game we're talking about. Yeah, well, you know, at least this one's on the road coming up. But uh, anyway, Giants and the Commanders. I'm taking the Commanders with nine. I like you. I'm most confident in the under. How are the Giants going to score? I mean, I, they they needed all the help they could get to get to 14. Yeah. Last but week. it could this be is, like, like, do the Commanders score two touchdowns? I don't know nope, about that. 10-0 Commanders. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Dallas 10.5 at Carolina. I actually like Carolina to cover in this spot. You mentioned look-aheads. Dallas has got the Thanksgiving Day game. Game two of our triple header, by the way, for Thanksgiving on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Whoop. I like Carolina to cover, but I think it goes under 42 for the exact same reason. Dallas can control this game and just get out of there with a win. Uh, unfortunately, I agree with you once again on both. Vikings... At the Broncos, game three of our triple header. Vikings getting two and a half on the road. They're an underdog at Denver. Denver favored by two and a half. 42 and a half the point total. Under, uh, I really like uh, Denver's defense after the you know the 70 point game. They seem to have gotten things corrected. If, let's say, Justin Jefferson comes back, um, let he probably will not be 100%. And he has to go up against maybe the best corner in the NFL and Pat Sertan. So uh, I, I will take the Broncos. I think they're playing pretty decent football um, right now. So uh, Broncos in under 42 and a half. I'm with you on both of those. Love the coaching job that Kevin O'Connell's done with Josh Dobbs. But Sean Payton has seemingly found his groove uh, with Denver. And this is not a high-end opponent that he has to uh, try to stop. Philadelphia at Kansas City. That's our Monday night football game on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Kansas City, a two-and-a-half point favorite, over under a 45-and-a-half. I'm sure we'll disagree on who we take as far as the team because I've got Kansas City. Um, I think they can exploit Philadelphia's secondary, which has got but they challenges can't. off the bye. And under 45-and-a-half, Chiefs are 7-and-2 to the under this year. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you on the under. I think Kansas City's defense is legit. Uh, um, I might be playing receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how bad the receiver core is. So I don't know how they can exploit their secondary with no good receivers. So I will think Philadelphia will at least cover. I don't know if they get the outright win. I like Andy Reid off a bye, but I think this could be, uh, I, I could see Philadelphia covering. But yeah, I, I think the weakness or the weakness of Philadelphia's defense, Kansas City, I don't trust them yet to exploit despite having Patrick Mahomes. They just have no good wide receivers to exploit it. They only have Travis Kelsey. And I think, I think Philadelphia can match that. Speaking of the Eagles, an Eagles fan, Dave Balls of ABC 13 WSET, joining us next here in the Fast Lane talking high school football on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.